It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Mark Cuban is selling his majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks, but still going to be in charge? What's next for Luca and company? Also, the Heat had a chance to move on in the in-season tournament. Does anyone know how that works exactly? And is Jalen Hurts really the NFL MVP? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. When Mark Cuban bought the Dallas Mavericks, he changed what it meant to be a pro sports owner, what it looked like to be a pro sports owner. Now he's taking a back seat. At at least it seems like he is. According to reports, he is selling the Dallas Mavericks a majority stake to Miriam Adelson and the casino tycoon Adelson family for evaluation around three and a half billion with a B dollars. But but he gets to stay in charge of basketball operations, apparently. Nick Angstead from Locked On Mavericks, fresh off a Mavericks win over the Houston Rockets in the in-season tournament. That's like the the D story in all of this. Joins me now to try and make sense of all of it. And and Nick, this is a bit of a shocker. What do you make of this when you heard of it just straight away? Yeah, when the Mavs beat the Rockets tonight, I was just I was so surprised. <laughs> no. <laughs> Taking a back seat. Who's taking a back seat? Because it doesn't sound like Mark Cuban's going to take a back seat, and that's the last thing he was going to do. Anytime he's ever been asked, you know, would you ever sell the Mavericks? No, no, I, I love it. It's like this, his favorite thing in the world that he does. He loves it. He owns the Dallas Mavericks. He loves sitting in that seat right next to the bench. He loves getting into it with refs. He loves he loves all of that. So there's there's no world where he was going to give up control of the Mavericks or like not be part of the Mavericks going forward. But what is happening now is he got he got two Billy. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. I don't know how many stacks that is. Like 2,000 stacks. Many. Like, <laughs> 200,000. St- crazy amount of money. And now there's this, now there's this, there's this scenario where, so the Adelson family and Miriam Adelson, they are, they own or have a majority share in Vegas Sands, which is like, you know, they do casinos and gambling and resorts and all that kind of stuff. And Cuban has been very open about wanting to, have a new Dallas Mavericks arena, wanting to create a new facility like that and wanting to connect that with a resort and casino and all that. Gambling is not currently legal in Texas. And so Cuba needed three things with, with this kind of a move. He needed somebody with deep pockets. And so Miriam Adelson sells 10% of her stake in, in, in Vegas Sands and gets $2 billion and then gives that to Mark Cuban. Cool, cool, so cool. she gets that. He needed somebody that didn't care about the team and then would allow him to continue control, and he gets that. He also needed somebody with uh, casino ties, and so he got that, obviously. And he also needed somebody, and I know we don't like to go here that often, but he needed somebody with, with deep connections to the Republican Party here in Texas because he needed somebody that would be able to sway some things so that gambling can become legal. Then all of a sudden, they opened the you know Dallas Mavericks Casino and Resort or the Vegas Sands 
presents the Dallas Mavericks Casino and Resort or whatever it is where there's some kind of thing. That's what we do here in Texas. You, you put the star, which is just the Cowboys practice facility, and now there's a billion things around it that just drive revenue and create money all over the place. And so eventually down the road, that's what's going to happen. Including, by the way, a hotel that I have stayed at. It's a nice one. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned the, I, I know I know we don't like to talk about it. You even made that joke. But this has caused a lot of people, Nick, to speculate that not only is Mark Cuban going to take somewhat of uh, uh, just a not like the slightest of backseats in terms of owning the team, but that this might transition him into a different seat, mm. maybe on Pennsylvania mm. Avenue. Uh, do you think this changes anything about his intentions to potentially make a run at the presidency? Because that is what that is what the streets are saying. The streets are saying it. And if you look at the landscape of, I don't know, gestures to the world, uh, <laughs> it has become much more possible for him to do such a thing, right? Like where maybe 15, 20 years ago when people would ask him, it was like, oh, that'd be fun if Mark Cuban ran for president. It'd be like when Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert ran for president. Like, oh, that'd be fun. Or like when people would write in The Rock or Oprah, like, oh, great. Now we have had we have had that. We have had a celebrity president. It happened, yeah. It happened. So it's much more possible. And also- you look at, he also is going to not be on Shark Tank anymore. So he's ending Shark Tank and he's ending his time with Shark Tank. And he's also like relinquishing uh, like his stake in the Dallas Mavericks. Like all, like Peter, honestly, within a 24 hour period, he's done this. And so I don't know if I want to do the Brian Windhorst, like. Why would he do that? Why would they do this? I, I don't know. I, he's always like said, he didn't want to do that. He's always said, oh, that's the last thing I'd want to do. He's also said the last thing he'd want to do is sell the Dallas Mavericks. He was asked point blank at a podcast like a year ago. Uh, Would you ever sell the Mavericks? What about for 2 billion? What about 3 billion? What about 4 billion? And he said no to all of them. He said, what am I going to do with $4 billion or $3 billion? And now he has $2 billion. And so who knows? Who knows what he can do with $2 billion? But uh, stuff has been done with that amount of money before. Stay up to date all year on the Dallas Mavericks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Mavericks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Heat, we're looking to advance to the knockout stage of the in-season tournament. And speaking of the next phase, we're into the second half of the NFL season, and now is the best time to turn your sports knowledge into cash with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunities to increase your payout. The Sixers travel south to face the Pelicans. FanDuel has the Pels one point. Home dogs. You could also combine bets for an even bigger payout. Same game parlays are a great way to enjoy watching sports. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting 
shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Indianapolis Colts star running back Jonathan Taylor will undergo thumb surgery on Wednesday in L.A., team owner Jim Ursay said on Tuesday. Ursay said the Colts are hoping he misses two to three weeks. Taylor rushed for 91 yards and two touchdowns in the Colts' victory on Sunday over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and played the whole game. He closed out the win with an eight-yard run with a minute 24 remaining that gave the Colts a first down and allowed Indy to run out the clock. Taylor played 42 snaps and carried the ball 15 times. Taylor misses time, he'll give way to Zach Moss, one of the NFL's leading rushers earlier this season in Taylor's absence. As they welcome all-pro receiver Justin Jefferson back to their active roster, the Minnesota Vikings will spend the next few days deciding which of their three quarterbacks is, among other things, best suited to maximize Jefferson's skills, Coach Kevin O'Connell said on Tuesday. After Josh Jobs threw four interceptions Monday night in a 12-10 abomination of a football game on both sides, in a loss to the Chicago Bears, O'Connell said he would use the team's upcoming bye to reevaluate his options at the position. On Tuesday, he said Jefferson's return is definitely a part of the discussion he'll have with his coaching staff and the team's front office before choosing a starter for the Vikings' December 10th game against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Buckeyes are out of the top four and the Seminoles are back in. After Ohio State lost to Michigan, the college football playoff committee dropped Ohio State to number six. Georgia remains number one after their 29th consecutive win, while Michigan is up to number two after they, of course, beat Ohio State. Washington moves up to number three, just ahead of Florida State. The Buckeyes could sneak back into the playoff if Florida State falls to Louisville in the ACC Championship. The Arkansas Razorbacks are bringing back Bobby Petrino as offensive coordinator. And I remember when Bobby Petrino then got hired as the offensive coordinator of UNLV the next year, it was interesting because Barry Odom was the head coach there. And Barry Odom, of course, was the defensive coordinator at Arkansas previously. So it seemed like there was some sort of connection there where both Pittman and Odom were kind of looking at it as, all right, hey, this guy's really good. This guy's a really good offensive coordinator. And I would, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go on a limb that Petrino has been itching to come back to Arkansas. He wants to come back to Arkansas. Here is another story you need to know. On the final night of group play in the NBA's new in-season tournament, the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Miami Heat 131 to 124. Wes Goldberg was there in Miami. He joins me now. And, and Wes, I, I, I am trying to figure out how much the machinations of the group play and the knockout round and all of the, the mechanics of the in-season tournament, how much do you think it actually matters? Like how much do fans actually have to understand, do you think, to, to also enjoy what's going on on the basketball court? 
It's a great question. I don't know how much the casual fan really gets from the group play stuff because I don't really I, I had to look through spreadsheets this morning to figure out how it is that the Heat could make it or if they lose, but they lose by 30 something points and they could still get this and that. And maybe they're a wild card in this made up thing. Um, so it is difficult. But I do think that the fans understand that the players are playing for something and that there is something at, at stake. And I think at the end of the day, we're pretty simple as fans of sports if you just tell us something matters we'll probably care about it and <laughs> and the players the players kind of get up for this right there is definitely a, you talk to these players and they're like yeah they kind of get up for the competition they really like the tournament structure they like that these games mean something a little bit different than what the regular season games typically mean and so at the end of the day if you're getting more engagement from the players that results in a better product and the better product is always obviously better for the fans it, it was also designed to get these moments where you're going, okay, the best players are going to play their national TV. Well, Jimmy Butler didn't play in this game. Now he's dealing with an ankle injury. And so that, that can happen too. But so like how much of this adding of stakes do you think improves the product um, from what you've seen so far? And I know we, we have a pretty small sample size. I think it improves it. Quite a bit. I, I just think that you you see the players caring a little bit more. I think that there's been games, not necessarily in, with the Heat uh, involved, but there have been other games where teams are uh, trailing. Or actually, no, there was one Friday night against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Like, I, I don't think a Tom Thibodeau team necessarily throws in the towel, but maybe they would have if it wasn't an in-season tournament game. Maybe they wouldn't have uh, pushed it on the gas quite as as hard, but they did, and they, they erased a 21-point lead and ended up beating Miami, which is ultimately the game that cost the Heat a spot in the knockout portion of this tournament. So, um, and you've seen that across the league teams that might over the course of regular season might just, you know, let's throw the towel. Let's give our starters a break and a 20 point blowout in the in season games. You're seeing a lot less of that. Yeah. Bam out played 42 minutes in this game in a regular <laughs> season game in November. Like that seems crazy. Um, especially for a heat team that tends to manage the minutes. Let's, let's dive into the heat a little bit here because they're 10 and eight. Now um, they have had some injuries. Uh, but they they seem like the kind of team that would be tailor-made for a moment like this. Like, let's care a little bit more than everyone else about this thing that we don't really know that we're supposed to care about. That's the Heat culture. They've got it on the jerseys. What is What has been missing from th this team so far this season after they make a, a surprise finals run last year? Well, tonight it was three starters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no Jim okay. Butler, no Haywood Heights <laughs> with a no Tyler Hero. Uh, and look, I, they, they've dropped now three games in a row, two of which uh, were in-season tournament games. But they are really optimistic about where this team is headed. They've, they've been down a lot of guys uh, lately and heat culture is next man up and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you just need your best players out there. Um, and so they haven't had that uh, for quite a while. Now, these guys are getting ready to come back. Jimmy Butler was sort of a, a questionable scratch tonight uh, for this one. Tyler hero is going to be on his way back soon. Haywood Highsmith, this tailbone injury is not expected to keep him out very long. So once you get this team back and healthy, this team is deep. It's very talented. Uh, guys like Bam Adebayo and Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, when he comes back, all have showed improvements this season. Jaime Hakez Jr. is a standout rookie for them. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of things to like. And again, you talk to players and coaches, and despite having dropped three in a row, they're really optimistic. And they're looking ahead past the in-season tournament. Because I agree with you, Peter. Like This is like, oh, give us something to care about. Give us stakes. Like We're all in for it. But the Heat are so hyper-focused on the bigger goal, which is the playoffs and the NBA Finals and potentially a championship, that they're like, the in-season tournament is cute, but we've got our eye on the prize. And even talking to Kyle Lowry today, I asked him straight up, I'm like, are you disappointed? 
that you guys have been eliminated at this point. And he says, that was a really fun sprint. We enjoyed the in-season tournament, but we have a marathon ahead of us. And they, in the Eastern Conference, are afraid of exactly nobody. And that's the thing. If you're if you're the Bucks, if you're the Sixers, if you're the Celtics, like the Bucks and the Celtics are the favorites in the East. Uh, the Sixers have been playing really good. But like, if they're afraid of anybody in the East, it's not each other. It's the Heat. Yeah, they're, they keep showing that. I mean, they went right at the Bucs tonight. You had Bam Adebayo going right into Giannis's chest, pushing him under the basket. You never see that, but he yeah. was going for it. He loved the, the competitive aspect of it. He wanted to go mano and mano. Um, and in that competitive fire, it starts with Jimmy Butler. It is now seeped into Bam Adebayo. And with the way that Bam is playing, I don't think that they should be afraid of anybody in the East. It doesn't mean that they're favorites, but we already seen what this team could do when real stakes are on the line. Stay up to date on the Miami Heat by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, is Jalen Hurts really the favorite to win NFL MVP? The Eagles win. Jalen Hurts leads the Eagles offense, so naturally he's a favorite to win MVP, right? Locked On Eagles host Gino Camilleri and Louis DiBiase see it as elementary. I don't understand the venom towards suggesting Jalen could potentially be the MVP when he's leading the 10 and one Eagles doing it in the fashion he has. I don't know. It just, there's some bad takes out there right now. I'll tell you where the positivity pod, we're just going to continue to preach the good word of Jalen. The national media is not preaching the good word. If you believe that Hertz is the MVP, please subscribe, like, and everything to the show, because we are going to be the Bible carriers of Jalen Hertz's MVP run because Lou contextually look at what they did i'm just looking at the nfl game stats and information the whole behind the scenes stuff their second half after the half ended lou they went punt touchdown 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 punt field goal touchdown in overtime Mm -hmm. that's in the second half of a football game where you're going against josh allen who is going blow for blow nuclear against you yeah jalen had all five touchdowns whether it was passing or rushing Since 2010, every quarterback MVP has ranked first in a metric called EPA per play, estimated points added. Cam Newton in 2015 was the outlier. That team went 15 and one, and it was a weird season. Not unlike this one, where you go, okay, well, there's not a clear guy above everybody else, except really Cam Newton. Cam Newton was the guy that season in the Panthers were this Cinderella story, this this darling of the NFL. It's somewhat like what's happening with Jalen Hurts, who is not at the top of that or, or any metric, frankly. And that's where this whole discussion falls apart. If your only explanation for a player's greatness or their worthiness for an award like MVP is that their team wins then you don't have a very compelling argument. For example, C.J. Stroud and Dak Prescott, more productive in the fourth quarter in overtime if we adjust for garbage time in metrics like EPA per play and success rate. In fact, Jalen Hurts, if we don't adjust for garbage time, 17th in EPA per play in the fourth quarter and overtime. Dak Prescott right now is the best quarterback in the NFC East. Jalen Hurts plays in the NFC East. In fact, Dak Prescott has been the best quarterback in the league this season. No, he's not first in EPA per play as those other MVP quarterbacks were, but he's second 
And second in adjusted EP per play, only Brock Purdy is ahead of him and no one believes Brock Purdy should be the MVP. Dak is third in success rate. He is number one in pro football focuses passing grade. And here's the thing for me. He is number one in what pro football focus calls big time throws. That is special high level, usually deep down the field, usually in coverage. It's a subjective stat, but it is an important one. You have to be able to make high level throws. Dak is number one among qualified quarterbacks in big time throws. He's also the quarterback with the lowest turnover-worthy play percentage in the league. He is making the the most great high-level throws and the fewest high-risk throws. In a Mike McCarthy offense, he is doing the Aaron Rodgers, who was, by the way, an MVP twice under Mike McCarthy. But it's not just that. Dak Prescott, number one in QBR versus man coverage, number one in QBR versus the Blitz, second in QBR under pressure, second in QBR from the pocket, first in QBR outside the pocket, and first in QBR on third down. This all from Mina Kimes at ESPN. He has been qualitatively and quantitatively the best quarterback in the league. And if CeeDee Lamb happens to make it into the end zone, or if Marquez Valdez-Scantling happens to catch a pass, we wouldn't be talking about this at all. Because the only case for Jalen Hurts is that his team wins. That's not a case for MVP. And finally, if the Oakland A's leave for Las Vegas, the East Bay will still have a baseball team to root for, the Oakland Bees. A consortium of dozens of Oakland area fans led by a pair of high school friends banded together to start the Oakland Ballers, also known as the Bees, who plan to play in the independent Pioneer League starting this summer, wearing the same green and gold as the A's. It's actually a genius idea when you think about it. They could be in a position that if the A's leave and Major League Baseball wants to expand, then the Bees could step in. Also, that's not really going to happen, but it's petty and I love it. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, will the Vikings be able to get the ball to Justin Jefferson enough this Sunday? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports Today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.